Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adio A. Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Mugging Gettys. Bless, I'm so happy to have you back. It's, happy it's, to be I back. feel like I, I've been doing shows, but I've been, if I'm being honest. Boning it in. Of you know course. what I mean? I'm next to a... Well, actually, I was next to Cam yesterday. I'm not trying to talk shit about Cam. I'm just doing this for a bit, everybody. You were next but, to a plebeian yesterday. <laughs> but but uh, I, I'm happy that you're back. You know, there's an energy to Tim and Bless shows. I'm of excited course. to have this. I'm excited to hear about your Disneyland adventures. I haven't been this jealous of people in a, lo- a very long time. Mm-hmm. Last week, Andy goes to Disneyland, goes to Universal Studios. This week, you and a whole motley crew of awesome people go yeah. down. And I have been living vicariously through your Instagram stories. Y'all look like you had a blast. Oh, my goodness. Your voice tells the story. Oh, my goodness. Tim, when I tell you that this weekend was one of the best weekends I've ever experienced in my life. Disneyland, I've I've only been to Disneyland once. And it was very briefly. And also, I apologize for my voice. It's going to be like this for the episode. Um, But I, I went to Disneyland for the first time about a year ago during D23. And it was only for a few hours. Uh, the homie John Drake had the hookup here. I was like, hey, I'd never been before. Him and a crew of people took me for a few hours. We beelined to Avengers Campus, um, hung out at Hank Pym's Test Kitchen, and then beelined to Star Wars. And I took a picture with the Millennium Falcon, and then I went home. This time, you did the damn I, I had two full days. Uh, we planned it so that the first day we went to uh, California Adventure, where they have Avengers Campus and a lot of Pixar stuff. And then day two, we went to Disneyland proper, where they have all the Disney stuff. And I... I my mind is blown. Tim. Hell yeah! Like man. I get it. Welcome, that you shit guys. Fire. Yes. I nobody told me Tim about World of Color. <laughs> oh my! Nobody God. told yeah, me dude. about World of Color and how cool that is. One of my favorite things. It it was my favorite thing. Um, and it was. It Did was, you see Phantasm? Oh no, it's closed no, right now because it caught on fire. I can't wait, you, dude. <laughs> Fantastic! Wait, is it? Is it? It man. caught on fire. Yes. You didn't see this? Yeah. No. Oh, at some point, maybe during the post show, we got to find some video, dude. Oh no, it's incredible because I didn't know this happened either until somebody was explaining it to me last night during the fireworks, and they showed me a picture, and it was the most metal thing ever. I can't believe this actually happened, but uh, World of Color was made especially special because we, there, uh, I forget the name of the restaurant we went to, but there was a restaurant we went to for dinner, and we got really lucky and got a private room. And it was the coolest experience. Like it was like an outside balcony area where they had like water, and then you could see like the rides like across the way. It was so it was so cool, so beautiful. Um, but I was there for a bachelorette party, right? So we were celebrating about thirteen of us, and uh, the waitress was so cool. And like you know, we were hyping her up the whole time because like we were having a good time. Yeah. She was helping us have a good time. And uh, at the end, she was like, "All right, let me take checks, or whatever." Uh, and then once I do checks, I'll, I'm gonna start taking you guys. And she leaves, and we're like. What does she mean taking us? Like, what does that mean? Uh, she then comes back and then s- starts taking us to this like balcony area. Like, she br- brings us onto an elevator. We go up, we come out, and we're at this private balcony to watch World of Color, like separate from everybody yeah, with the most dude. perfect view. Oh yeah, and 
oh my goodness, I didn't, I, one, I didn't know this thing existed, that like they have this water show that also like they project images onto the water and I the water all have fucking life and it's fucking incredible. Um, but the fact that they do that, the music comes mm. in at the perfect time. Mm. I am feeling all the emotions that I felt as a kid watching this Disney stuff. Absolutely fantastic. And then yeah, the rise themselves. I did Rise, rise of the Resistance. One of the coolest rides I've ever been on oh, yeah. in my life. I oh, can't yeah. believe how cool that was. Did um, I forget the name of the Indiana Jones ride? Did that as well. Loved it. There is a Cars ride, and Tim. Oh, bro. One of my confessions. It's all about the top tier shit. I've never seen Cars. I've That's never okay. watched the Cars movies. I've it, never felt compelled to. It, they're way better, well, except for two. Way better than people give them credit for. But I mean, like, don't worry about it. When the I tell ride you is amazing. That ride. Come on. I'll do. I'm a Cars fan now. I'm not even seeing the movie. The racing part of that ride is so fucking cool. But yeah, no, Disneyland is incredible. Um, I recommend it. if y'all have. <laughs> if y'all, this man has seen the lights. <laughs> if y'all have two free it. days and a lot you're of money. Like, you're like Nick Scarpino who watches a show from like six years ago. It's like, hey, if you guys see the Yo, show, I highly Let me tell you about the show called Suits. suits. I've also been getting a lot of Suits TikToks I know, lately. Man, I know. Oh, it's been taken over. Plus, I did some straight up weirdo shit today. Yeah. All right. I didn't mean to, but something happened and I just, I couldn't act any other way. Uh, I went to Starbucks like I normally do. Same Starbucks I go to every day on my way to work here. Mm -hmm. And park my car. I do the, the order ahead thing, right? Go out to pick it up. As I'm walking in, I'm opening the door and I look through the glass and I see a familiar face. And I like freak out with this like, oh shit. Like I know this person. It's Snowbike Mike. All right? <laughs> and Snowbike Mike is just standing there. And he looks at me similarly like, oh shit. It's that feeling of seeing your teacher outside of school. Yeah. Where it's like, whoa, something's wrong about this. My gut instinct was to walk up and hug him. <laughs> I see this man every day. And like me hugging him, not necessarily weird, but like the That's way so I did it, funny. as I was doing it, I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Like you just saw like a oh, kind of funny best friend. Totally. Man. Like, hey, like, oh, man. Which I did see that. That did happen to me at Disneyland where I saw on Rise of the Republic, well, Rise of the Resistance, Rise of the, Re <laughs> Rise of the Republic, on Rise of the Resistance, um, we get to this part where the, um, like the Empire is like separating us and is about to put us in our jail cells or whatever. It's kind of wild. Um, <laughs> but like as this is happening, I just hear blessing and I turn around. I'm like, what in the world? And it's like, he's like, Hey, like I watch kind of funny or whatever. I'm a big kind of feudy fan. I'm like, whoa, like that's cool. We're about to be put in our prison cells, but that's really cool. And then kind of put them afterwards and took a picture. But that is the appropriate scenario to like, yeah. give somebody a hug. Yeah, giving Snowbike Mike a hug at Starbucks because you see him randomly, dude. It's really I, funny. Honestly, I, I, it's been probably 30 minutes since it's happened, and I can't stop thinking about it. That's so, like, that's funny too that it happened this morning. Like, just if, if, if it was a weekend or yeah. something, it'd be something different. Like, like y'all were just both on your way to work. <laughs> He looked genuinely shocked to see me too, though. Oh, yeah. And you know the funniest thing? Mm. Like, after the hug, guess what we talked about? What's that? What are you doing? I was like, what are you up to? What are you up to? <laughs> was this a Starbucks nearby? Was this like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's blocks away from here. That's so funny. And we're both just like, yeah, what are like, you up to? Like, y'all are going to work. Yeah, cool, I'm going to work. Oh, you, he's like, yeah, I'm, going, I'm a little later than I normally am. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are we doing right now? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, Tim, before I even get into the rigmarole, mm -hmm. um, I saw you guys talked about Viewfinder yesterday. Yes. I didn't get to listen to the episode, but I saw the, the mm -hmm. run of show because I checked the time code Slack <laughs> whenever there's a new thing in there to see what people talked about. I don't know. It's a weird thing of mine. Um, but like, have you gotten to play through Viewfinder? Have you gotten I'm to halfway yet? through. Okay. It's phenomenal. I'm probably, I'm, I'm like right there. I'm, I'm about four fifths of the way through. Okay. I want to yeah, say. I'm roughly where you are, Blood, yeah. I think. I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Is are we going to talk about this on a games cast or something? Should uh, I hold my impressions? Yeah, yeah, hold it, okay. hold it, hold okay. it. We, we, yes, we got cool. a games cast coming up later today, and uh, I feel like it'd be, that'd be a great place. Oh to yeah, give your thoughts on Viewfinder. Well, Tim, uh, 
I'm very excited to talk to you about Viewfinder. Yeah. But for now, let's talk about today's stories, which include PC specs for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Xbox's biggest Gamescom appearance yet, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kinda Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you. Uh, can you believe it? Comic-Con is this week, and Greg's got two panels for you. On Thursday night, come hang with Greg, cast the premiere screening of the first episode of Twisted Metal, and perhaps play a game of Kind of Feudy for a giveaway you don't want to miss. It's this Thursday at 10 p.m. in room 6DE. That is 6D is in dog, E's in elephant. And then Friday, Greg's hosting the GenVid, 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 uh, Slate Reveal, that is Silent Hill Ascension and a special guest from DC and Gearbox at 11.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in room 6BCF. That's What's that in? B, B as in boy, C as in crack cocaine, F Jesus. as in fire. Yeah, I got to give a C word. Yeah, it's a C word. There's a lot of C's in that. There's at you least three. There's four. Plus, Real quick, um, I, we might be getting to this somewhere, but uh, there's new. Uh, no, I guess we're not. There's a, a, a kind of funny podcast that we recorded mm. yesterday, right? Yeah. It had an energy to it. Carter Harrell, uh, the the beautiful man that does all the kind of funny music, the jingles, I was so and everything. sad that I missed him because he's so cool. He's, he's so awesome. talented, so damn cool. Um, learned a lot about him. Like uh, he's from Kenya. Didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, everybody everybody missed out on him that wasn't here. He was a, a, a great gentle soul. Um, but we did a great show with him, and um, Greg had a coke. Um, which oh, we no. all know, just he. <laughs> oh no! He goes full Greg in many different ways. Um, and then Greg left uh, after the show, and me and Andy and Joey were like, "What? What do we? What's the headline? What's the thumbnail for this episode?" And we're trying to figure it out. And every once in a while, we're just stumped. We're like, mm. "Well, we talked about this, but that's not great. Whatever." And uh, at some point, someone goes like, "What? What if we made it about like Greg's on coke again?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I don't know I don't know that he wants to be portrayed that way necessarily whatever so I'm just looking at for Greg I'm like well maybe maybe he'll be okay with the headline if we put like a Coca-Cola can explicitly in the thumbnail mm. so then it's clear like okay whatever and so I call Greg I'm like just to be safe just to be be extra extra careful I'm like hey man this is what we're thinking Greg's response I'll give a fuck put the powder man I don't care dude like I'm just like god damn it Greg and I love that in the thumbnail that you can see here on like the the YouTube page like it, yeah very obviously like the Coca-Cola logo but the white logo is just perfectly on his nose that is that's amazing. god god Andy's god. a genius you gotta love it youtube.com slash kind of funny for that Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Liquid IV, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A Baker's Starting with our number one, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart PC requirements have been revealed, and Tim, it does not demand an SSD. This is Ryan Dinsdale. SSD. SSD. Ryan Dinsdale, IGN. 
Sony has revealed the PC requirements for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which does not require an SSD to run, despite this being a central part of the original PS5 version's marketing. Julian, online community specialist at porting studio Nixus Software, announced the requirements on the PlayStation blog. To run Rift Apart on very low settings, that's 720p and 30fps, users will require an Intel Core i3-8100 or AMD Ryzen 3 3100 CPU. NVIDIA GeForce GTX 960 or AMD Radeon RX 470 GPU and 8GB of RAM. Rift Apart can also be run from 75 gigs of HDD space on these settings, but the recommended and higher specs all demand 75 gigabytes of SSD space. Running on a HDD at all is a stark difference from how Sony originally marketed the game, though. In its initial announcement, the company claimed Rift Apart was, quote, designed around PS5's ultra-high-speed SSD, uh, adding that players will seamlessly travel through different dimensions in mid-gameplay, thanks to PS5's ultra-high-speed SSD, end quote. Dimension hopping on very low settings seemingly won't be as quick as it is on PS5, though. While the game can be enjoyed using a, a HDD and the minimum uh, system requirements, the blog post said uh, players are encouraged to use an SSD in combination with the recommended system requirements or hire to experience uh, the game's signature dimension hopping gameplay as originally intended, end quote. Tim? We got a write-in from Anonymous, uh, yes. who writes in to counterfunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can, and says, Hey, KFGD, PlayStation just revealed PC specs for Ratchet & Clank, and the game doesn't require an SSD. Am I crazy to think that this could end up in another The Last of Us Part 1 PC scenario? Or was the original marketing about the power of the SSD being a requirement for Ratchet just false? Or am I worrying for nothing? Heart Anonymous. <sighs> I think it's going to be a little bit of all of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you're not crazy to think this could end up in a Last of Us Part 1 PC scenario. In fact, I think that that it should be the expectation, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it should be the expectation, and I think the context there uh, is important with The Last of Us Part 1, I believe, was ported by Naughty Dog uh, itself for PC. I could be cor uh, incorrect on that. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Nix's, which is the team that has done the ports for Insomniac in the past with both Spider-Man and Miles Morales, those like haven't been terrible ports. They don't like they're not super optimized. Uh, reporting from Andy, I remember uh, that was his takeaway. But like they run well, um, and so this being the same team doing uh, Ratchet, like I wouldn't be as concerned for Last of Us as as you know. As the Last of Us turned, I 100 am as concerned because they're they're saying HDD's gonna run this game. No, it's not. No, it's not. Hmm. We're gonna get the same type of of videos of this shit not working that we did with Last of Us. Uh, the SSD is 100 percent necessary for hmm. Ratchet to run the way that it's supposed to run, and we're gonna see that. <laughs> we're gonna see how bad it looks and runs on a hard drive when uh, this eventually comes out. And it's, I don't even know why they, they would do that. Make the minimum requirements have SSD. Just do it. Like just. This is where we're at at this point in life. I don't understand why they put out a game of this caliber on PC for gaming PCs and be like, oh, you don't need an SSD. That should be a bare minimum requirement for this type of game. Do you, is that possible to do, though, with PC? Like, do enough people own SSDs yes. with PC to then make that a, requir make that a requirement and, and be able to sell enough to make this a worthwhile thing for Sony? Yes. If you're playing this type of game, this caliber of video game on a PC... I would say that the majority of them out there are, have SSDs. SSDs oh, so are, the more, are now the more so the common thing. the majority of people will be fine. 
Right? Yes. Yeah. But then why even? My, my thing is like. Speaking, mm, I don't think that, I have an SSD. But yes, I also do. I do? Yeah, 100%. Maybe I do. Yes. <laughs> Dude, like, <laughs> I don't use that thing for gaming. <laughs> I do yes, taxes. you have an SSD. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that, that's the thing, Barrett. It's like, I, I'm with you in terms of like the teams of Naughty Dog and all that. But I just think like, th this is, I feel like they're already getting off to a bad start. I could be totally wrong and this could be optimized to all hell. I just don't expect that for, I mean, pretty much any game. But mm -hmm. especially a game as technically advanced as Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That's something that we love about it so much mm -hmm. is how it looks and how it runs and how perfect it felt. So it's like, I, I do think that the original marketing about the power of SSD being a requirement, I mean, requirement for it to run the way it did, absolutely it is. Mm. I just don't see a way around that. See, I think to that original part, right, about the uh, SSD being a requirement in the marketing for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, for me, that's just marketing. For me, that is... We have a new console. We got to sell this new console. And to do that, we got to hype up how our first party games take advantage of this console. I, for as much as like the Rift stuff in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is really cool. And I would say like additive to the experience to some extent, like I would have taken a Ratchet game that didn't have that stuff as well, right? Like I think there is a level of, hey, we got to put this stuff in the game to make sure that we're able to say that we're using the power of the PS5. But like when, when putting when uh, we're getting a PlayStation that is more and more wanting to transfer their stuff to PC or port their things to PC, I wonder how much we're gonna get those features touted as much as we get further and further into into the generation and even in future generations of PlayStation, right? If this is the plan you're gonna stick to, because that is the challenge when it comes to making games for multiple platforms. Oh man, not everything has a touchpad. Not everything has an SSD. Not everything has um adaptive triggers right you're gonna have to make those concessions and for something like i go to returnal returnal really made use of the ps5 dual sense controller with how the rain feels in your hand with how the adaptive triggers work where you can press halfway to <clears throat> do your standard shot or pull all the way to do your secondary shot right like these are features that come with the playstation that you then have to figure out okay how are we going to translate this to pc where anybody can use either mouse and keyboard or xbox controller or whatever um with something like ratchet's rifts which are more integral to the game itself, right, in moments, I would think that at the very least, yeah, those parts are going to struggle. Like, you're going to pull a rift, and you're going to have a, a chug, and then, boom, you're finally going to get there. And we'll see how that plays out. Maybe yeah. it's fine. Maybe it's like, okay, this is a quick load. But, like, yeah, like, those are things that you're going to have to figure out. And it makes me wonder if, again, if Sony is going to have to change that going forward when it comes to developing the first-party stuff. I, I think that... It Although it might have been marketed in similar conversations, I think SSD compared to DualSense or the touchpad or a lot of the other things you're talking about, mm -hmm. the haptics and all that, are completely different conversations. Like the SSD is the tech of like the storage space and being able to access it and the reading, right? And all that stuff. So it's like, I feel like like while they're both hardware, I think it's a, it's a bit different in the, the sense of the SSD. I mean, we've been gaming on SSDs for a very long time on the PC side of things. Now that is kind of a new feature of the um, of this generation of consoles of PS5 and Xbox Series X. But even then, you could have still done it. It just required a little bit of workarounds and uh, knowledge back on on PS4. Mm -hmm. um, but now the games are being made to take advantage of that stuff. I feel like it's a baseline more than a um, like feature. I guess. Oh, yeah. And then touting it as a feature, I think, was more like, yeah, this is the, an exciting new thing about the hardware. Here's how the new software can take advantage of it. But, like, I, we're not going to be seeing, we will never see a console going forward that's hard drive based ever again. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's any fear of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th I think that makes sense. Um, 
yeah, to the question of how is this thing going to run overall? Like, is it going to, I don't think, I don't think PlayStation can handle another Last of Us Part 1 for PC, right? Not saying that it's impossible that it could happen because, of course, these things can happen. But I think if they put out another one that's that bad as The Last of Us was, then your PC legacy is becoming very tarnished in a way where it's like, okay, now we just can't trust anything you do, right? Like, I feel like Last of Us Part 1 coming out as bad as it was on PC is like, all right, that's a strike. Like, now we're have, I have my eye on you. Like, let's see how this goes. If Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is Last of Us Part 1 bad... I think that's going to be another level of, all right, PlayStation PC is just fucked. I mean, oh, man. I know it's a big it's conversation. A, it's but. a big conversation, but, like, I mean, are, are PC games just fucked? Like, I, I mean, that's too, yeah. too, but it's just, like, there's there's too much of this. So it's, like, it's th- this is a tale as old as time. Like, we've seen these games come out and not run on certain PCs because they need to run on a spectrum. If you have a beast-ass PC, there's still a bunch of problems, mm. you know? They, a lot of them are ironed out, and if you know what you're doing, it's the best situation ever. Like, for tinkerers and people that like that stuff and all the dials, all the knobs, it's the best time ever to be a gamer. P- with, especially when you have things all the way from the stream deck all the way up to the beastest machines possible. Shout out to Beast Machines. Not as good as Beast Wars, but I think it gets a bad rap. Um, but I feel like when it comes to console games being ported, console games are just made differently. They've been made differently. And now it's like almost reverse engineering trying to get them over to PC because PC is more mainstream than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, before there used to be a real divide between PC players and console players, I feel like more and more people are, I play games. And it's like, if you have the access to a PC, you're willing to play games there or uh, Steam Deck. I keep saying Stream Deck, Steam Deck, things like that. Um, But I I feel like we're not going to see PlayStation games get ported and then have them be optimized day one and just work perfectly, maybe ever. And that sucks ass. My, (laughs) I mean, I guess there's two things, right? I think that's understandable from the side of PC gaming is so modular and you there there are so many different rigs and so many different setups people have that it's just impossible across the board to get things to run on on everything especially if you're making something that's big AAA and you want to be able to take advantage of things like like SSD things like certain levels of processing and all that stuff. On the other hand, PlayStation isn't putting this stuff out day and date, right? It's not like they're they have this rush to um you know put this thing out on this date because that's when the game is out on all platforms. These games are coming out at least a year after these games come out. Like Ratchet and Clank w- Rift Apart was that wasn't last year, was it? Was that last year? No, that no, was two years 2020. ago. 2021. One. T- 2021, yeah. yeah. So years. it's been April. two years since Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. There's no re- like if Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart isn't ready on PC, it's July. Why are you releasing it now? Right? Like yeah. we can wait for that. And I, we could say the same thing for Last of Part One, right? Last of Part One came out on PlayStation about a year ago. It was last mm-hmm. August-ish, maybe September. And <clears throat> Last of Part One for pc came out earlier this year you could have held that and maybe that was ah but the tv show's going on we want to be able to match up with that but like if you're taking your time with these things if you have no like hard deadline because you have to put it out all at the same time there's no reason for these things not to work and i know i'm 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 saying this as somebody who's not a game dev as somebody who's like you know i'm ignorant to so many of the ongoings but like man you you don't have to rush this you can figure you can figure this stuff out over time but i also understand the idea of well we won't know the problems until it's out there, right? We can't replicate every single PC skew until it's out yeah. there in the ether. And, and it's so just now, difficult. Now, taking this conversation, I think, back to the core thing of the Ratchet stuff here, I mm-hmm. think that comes down to the recommended specs, right? Because sure. PCs can be so modular, because there's so many different options out there, I do think on one side of the argument, things are easier to understand than they've ever been. And I think that the baseline and barrier to entry to a high-quality gaming PC is easily the lowest it's ever been. Like, 
back in the day, it'd be like a uh, gaming PC meant you either needed to know exactly what you're doing, be able to build your own or know someone that can do that. Or you're going to go to Best Buy and get ripped the fuck off buying a gaudy ass Alienware system that cost way too much money just because it's being marketed as a gaming PC. Now, there are so many direct-to-consumer brands. There's so many easy pick-your-parts. Let's see if it's compatible. Like they, The world's changed. Like There's sure. an ease of use to it all. And I think that the financially, um, we've just caught up to the point that tech has lowered in so many uh, uh, ways in terms of how the bare the the minimum of like what's necessary for a quality experience for mm -hmm. for these games. So for them to put out the low settings here, it's like yeah, sure they're low settings, but like I just feel like the the bigger the gamut between the low settings and the high settings, the more chances of problems coming up. And I see. this seems like a very very large, large gap. gap. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. For now, Tim let me take you to Gamescom happens in Germany, right? It's Germany. Let me take you to Germany, yeah. where Xbox yes, talks is. about what they what they got planned for Gamescom, but even more so, how good that Xbox Game Showcase was. Story number two: This year's Xbox Game Showcase was the most watched one. This is Jarrett West at Xbox Wire. It's been a little over a month since fans around the world enjoyed the Xbox Game Showcase and Starfield Direct, and we're delighted to say that within seven days of the broadcast, we saw over 92 million views across our first ever double feature, trailers, and segments from the shows, a 38% rise in viewership over last year's show. It's become the highest rated and most viewed show for Xbox ever. We can't wait. We can't thank, uh, thank you enough for being a part of that, and we hope you're as excited as we are for the future of Xbox. From our own games, like Starfield, Forza, Hellblade 2, Fable, South Midnight, Avowed, Clockwork Revolution, Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, Tireborn, and more, to those coming to Xbox from our partners around the world, like Star Wars Outlaws, Cyberpunk 2077, City Skylines 2, 33 Immortals, and more, our show aimed to bring something for every kind of player. Of course, we're not done yet, not even close. In August, Xbox will be headed to Gamescom in Germany, the world's largest gaming event, and we'll be setting up our biggest ever booth to show off the incredible games we have coming to you. We'll have more news in the next few weeks about our presence at the show. Stay tuned. 38% rise in viewership. I mean, it makes sense, right? And for so many reasons. One, there are more gamers than ever. Yep. There are more people watching this type of media than ever. And Xbox put on an incredible showcase. And then Starfield, an incredible extra showcase. They had a twofer right yeah. there. And I and think they, that brings in viewership off the bat, right? Mm -hmm. Like last year, I don't think Xbox had anything that was like, here's the main event. Maybe it was Halo. I forget. Oh, no, no, it, was, no, it wouldn't no. have been Halo. Because again, that was two years ago. Time flies. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Having, the, Xbox's show last year was good. I mean, yeah. But like leading into it, like they didn't yeah. have that like Starfield week no, before no, no, talking no, no. about we're going to have not. Starfield direct. Yeah. So it uh, makes sense uh, that the numbers would be up. But to be up this much, I mean, they earned it. I feel like it was a killer show filled with great games. Um, uh, I always talk about this with showcases, what are we looking for? We're looking for our questions to be answered. And Xbox answered so many of our questions that we had uh, and then capped it off with Starfield, which was, like we've said a couple times now, one of the best single game presentations we have ever seen, uh, probably that have ever been made and put out there. And I feel like so many people agree with that. The, the sentiment online uh, agrees that Starfield showed very, very, very well. And it needed to. They succeeded. They did. The, they, the, the, their goals were set. And they absolutely, I think, knocked them out of the park. Um, so all of that makes sense. The changes that Xbox has been, been making recently, 
all the legal stuff going on. Xbox has been in the news a lot, right? Yeah. For good, for bad, everything in between. Gamescom is a consumer show. That is the biggest place for gamers to go. Thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Too many. Uh, too many, some would say. After um, their amazing showcase at E3 this year, or sorry, Summer Game Fest this year, um, this is going to be their chance to be like, all right, we showed, now y'all get to see. Mm. And like having the biggest booth, like, man, they are riding this wave of uh, momentum that I'm hoping, bless. I'm hoping. Yeah. The dominoes fall. <laughs> I'm hoping this uh, that we're in the, the midst of them falling here. You I know? mean, yeah, it feels I, that way. It's felt that way before. Listen. But it feels more like it right now than it ever has. Starfield might be the biggest domino ever. <laughs> like you, like you that like you can push over. That's going to like set everything off and i think we're there i hope we're there um and yeah like to your point the xbox game showcase was fantastic i think the marketing was there too to um, bring up that percentage of people watching right 38 percent more um the i don't i really want to know what they what they're pulling the um highest rated from like who's who's rating the, the like i know kind of funny rates the showcases yeah is that is that what they're pulling from? Is are other people given given out of five scores for showcases? I mean, maybe they're talking about YouTube likes, like and something like that. Mm, oh yeah, okay. You know, no, that I, would make sense. I, I bet that there, there. I mean, there are a lot of metrics for them to be able to pull from to understand that. But yeah, yeah we don't know exactly what they're saying <laughs> no, there. They, they watched our review, our post show yeah. analysis. Yeah. I'm like, who else gives review scores for, for showcases other <laughs> than us? Um, yeah, highest rated by us for sure. Uh, but then also, yeah, the coming to Germany, them talking about the biggest booth, the um, yeah, the largest um, uh, booth. Ever uh, that they're showing off you you know that's got to be starfield because that's coming up right before starfield mm -hmm. comes out i'm very excited to see what they do for that booth because i'm still of the i'm still of the belief or theory that that game won't be playable at gamescom because like <clears throat> what would you show as a vertical slice of starfield i feel like that is and, and also when you're that close to the game i feel like you might as well just hold your cards close to your chest right mm -hmm. like let people experience it when it comes out I want to know, like, yo, are y'all going to have a real-life spaceship? Like, what is going to be on the show floor that people get to experience? Because that's got to be insane if you're talking about your biggest ever booth. I would feel like if it was anything like things that have happened in the past. Like, yeah, there'll be a fun activation for photos and things like mm -hmm. that. But I think that, uh, like, what Activision used to do all the time uh, for some of its bigger games that, like, weren't necessarily ready to be played on the show floor or wouldn't make sense to be played on the show floor they would just have big ass video walls or projectors or stuff and they would do and ubisoft does this mm -hmm. as well um like showcases where like every hour uh game dev will go up on stage and like show yeah. a demo of a different feature of the game and mm. that is a great way to like get a, a bunch of people in the booth and also give people waiting in line to play games something to be entertained by and feel like they're getting a good experience from it um, so I bet the Starfield will show up in that capacity at the very. That makes a lot of sense. I'm, the last PSX um, I went to, which I think was the last PSX that happened, had Dreams being shown off, yeah. and like every what thirty minutes, every hour. Actually, this might have persisted through the whole day. They were just showing off Dreams on a stage where they had bean bags out for people to to lay on, and then I think there was one one point where Shuhei Yoshida came up and started making music in Dreams and Dreams and stuff, and like that was the thing that really convinced me. Just sitting in line or chilling on a beanbag and seeing people just <laughs> make shit on the screen. I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. And also, man, like, they keep showing off cool things. I think that would work perfectly for Starfield, right? Especially if you're able to have, um, like, people cycle in. If you, can get, if you can get Todd up for an hour just to hang out and, like, talk about Starfield and play, the, play a little bit of the game, right? Or have whoever you have as a producer or whoever demoing the game throughout the day and showing off different features. Because, in theory, that game is huge. I'm sure you're not going to run out of things to show off if mm -hmm. you are just 
existing in the game and showing off how flying in space works and crafting and maybe doing a quest or two. I, there's a lot you can do do with that. But yeah, I, I would imagine that whatever this, act, this activation is, they're going hard. Like oh, I think 100%. it's going to be that combined with, yeah, whatever kind of like photo opportunity spaceship experience thing that they can pull together. I'm excited to see what it is. Yeah. Tim, I'm also excited to talk to you about a new studio from Bungie and EA Vets. But before we get there, I want to tell people about patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can go, you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Y'all know how much I love to stay hydrated and Liquid IV makes it easier and better than ever to ensure that I'm always living my best, most hydrated life. And you can too. Liquid IV, the number one powered hydration brand in America is now available in sugar-free with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone. And you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors white peach green grape and lemon lime let me tell you the white peach is good it's real good we hear it kind of funny swear by this stuff one stick of liquid iv in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone real people real flavor real hydrating now sugar-free grab your liquid iv hydration multiplayer sugar-free in bulk nationwide at costco or get 20 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code kind of funny at checkout that's 20 percent off anything you order when you use promo code kind of funny at liquidiv.com and we're back with story number three bungie and ea veterans have formed a new studio this comes from mm. jeffrey rousseau at gamesindustry.biz ea bungie and congregate Con <laughs> alums congregate congregate alums what was congregate uh, it, if I remember correctly, it's a, a mobile game. Uh, uh, yeah. Less exciting. Uh, no, mobile game uh, conglomerate. Uh, that oh. was like actually pretty dope. It was a, almost Apple Arcade before Apple Arcade, kind of. Okay. Um, but th they seem to be one of the groups that was like trying to get mobile gaming right, and I think did in a lot of ways. Um, mm. But they're more behind the scenes than anything. Gotcha. If they're the people I'm remembering. Well, alums from EA, Bungie, and Congregate have formed a new game studio, Look North Wa uh, World. That is Look North World. The developer was established by Alex Seropian, Jay Pecho, Patrick Morin, Kyle Marks, Aaron Moroquin, and Prashant Patil. Uh, Seropian, who founded Bungie Studios, will serve as North World's CEO. Pecho is the chief financial officer, and Morgan is chief operating officer. Mark, uh, Marks is the studio's creative director, and Moroquin is the principal artist. Meanwhile, Patil is Look North World's art director. The studio's first game will be Outlaw Coral, a Wild West-inspired shooter, will be available on Unreal Engine for Fortnite. Look North World said it is the first of several games being developed. Quote, developing in UEFN uh, opens a whole, whole new world of opportunities, and we are in uncharted territory. Through experimentation, we'll see what players uh, like and involve them in decisions, said Seropian. Quote, we're jumping into it with a, the virtual sky is the limit mentality. As we develop creative ideas, we will learn how these platforms engage, entertain, and boost social interactions in order to iterate accordingly. End quote. So interesting. Um, so I, I was right on two fronts. Okay. One, there was a uh, spelling error here. It is congregate. Congregate. Uh, not congregate, okay. which is weird. And yeah, it was what I'm talking about, which is a mobile game and web game focused thing. But they tried taking web games seriously, like Flash games, Farmville. Oh, I know Congregate. Yeah. Yeah. And there'd be achievements um, or, or a different version of them. And Were they involved with GameStop? 
Uh, I mean, I think it's something else. I think yeah. I know, but I know I know exactly what Concrete is. I know that that name for sure. I, I don't know about that, but like, okay. look, they make games like based on like Ninja Turtles and um, the animation throwdown stuff, Bob's Burgers, and all that stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like uh, they they just did it right. They did the thing. Yeah. And I, I feel like that there was a, a a wise business plan behind how they they did it all, and they really were thinking like from game first perspective, and like how do we how do we do something special and different with with this stuff, and so. Taking that skill set and talent in some way, combining with Bungie, Bungie and EA, and they're saying the quote here about, as we develop creative ideas, learn how to use these platforms to engage, entertain, and boost social interactions in order to iterate accordingly, mm-hmm. that all tells a great story, right? Yeah. Like, that seems like they are pulling from the right knowledge bases to try to think creatively and differently about how games can be made on different levels. Yeah. So, I, uh, they were owned by GameStop uh, at one point. It looks like they were acquired in 2010. Um what do you think about this game, Outlaw Coral, being dev- available in Unreal Engine for Fortnite? I think it's interesting. And again, this is what I'm talking about. Like, trying to do something that is different and obvious in some ways, but weird in others. But, like, if it hits, it could set a trend of a new start of a different way of making games. Barrett, I sent you the gameplay. You can bring it up, by the way. Because uh, it is straight up, like, a Fortnite map that these guys have made. Which is different, like hella different, right? Not what I not what I would have assumed we we're going when I started off with, oh yeah, these Bungie and EA veterans afforded formed a new studio. But I mean to your point of talking about Congregate, right? And like them trying them opening up like a new frontier and trying to f- find a space where they can innovate and do different things. Really interesting to see, yeah, a studio open up and go, Hey, we're gonna make games for Unreal Engine and Fortnite and see what where we can take that and take feedback from people. Cause that I mean, in the scenario that i imagine they're going for right where unreal engine for fortnite takes off and becomes the biggest thing all of a sudden you've gotten head start with it and you have a company already formed and you're doing it and hopefully you're getting out in front and getting success in that i think that's a really cool idea yeah i i do too and again it might not necessarily be for me or for you but i mm-hmm. do like that they're trying something different and it's not just the same story we see over and over of like oh hey people uh, left studios to do their own studio and we may or may not see their game in four or five years you know, it's yeah. like, cool, they're able to get it out there. And like, that looks like a playable video game, right? Yeah. Like, it's all there. Granted, it's just Fortnite. You know, we look at that. And if, if you didn't tell me that that was not Fortnite, I would think it's Fortnite. Yeah. I um, mean, it, I think technically it is Fortnite. Yeah. yeah. Is, but that's the thing. V1, it's where we're at now. Again, I just think that this is, it's exciting that people are able to use tools at their disposal. And I think that this is yet another example of barriers to entry of game design and um, just creativity being out there for people is a good thing. It allows new things to happen, even if they're not necessarily what we want, how we want, when we want, all of that. Maybe one day it will be. Yeah. Story number four, EA Sports FC 24 has a preview embargo that is now up. I got a quick preview roundup for you. We're going to start off with Wesley Yenpool at IGN, who titles his preview. EA Sports FC 24 has a brand new name, but it's the same old FIFA. It reads like this. EA Sports has unveiled FC24, its first non-FIFA football game following last year's breakup between the two once-famous friends. But don't expect a revolution on the virtual pitch to accompany this big-budget rebrand. Instead, expect welcome quality of life improvements, a few positive gameplay tweaks, and a significant change to Ultimate Team that could dramatically shake up the competitive online meta. After extensive hands-on time with FC24, it's safe to say this year's game looks and feels like what you'd expect from FIFA 24. There are loads of new animations. There are always there always are loads of new animations uh, for for FC24, and you do notice them during gameplay. Erling Holland's stunning karate kick goal for Man City against previous club Borussia Dortmund in last season's Champions League is in the game, for example. 
So is Holland's unique running style, his long arms waving <laughs> about behind his arched back. <laughs> <laughs> I, what does that look like? <laughs> What's, what the fuck? Like this, why is this writing just so poetic? <laughs> In my head, I picture the Naruto run. I don't know. Wait, bear, bear's coming through. Are you oh, gonna man. do? Are you gonna do the, the pulse for us? Are you gonna? Are, are you gonna do? Uh, uh, so yeah, read it for me. What does it say again? Uh, his unique running style. His long arms waving about behind his arched back. I don't like how they did how they said arched. <laughs> that was a good arch though. Bear. Yeah, no, that was really good. Man. Now, can you can you search up a video of Erling Holland to see what his run looks like? That might be more difficult to look up, but now I got to see what it actually looks like. I also love that they described uh, his stunning karate kick goal. I don't know if you, how much you know City. about this guy, Erling Holland, but he's God been damn. he's been shutting down the game this last season. He's been getting scoring rec records in the, in the Premier League. Yeah. He's like he's like LeBron James, where he's tall but also fast, and so he's really scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been using Man City and FIFA because yeah. because he plays for Man City. Man City. He's up my game, man. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Uh, more man City sounds like a place I don't want to go to. <laughs> well, it's short for Manchester. Yeah, it's it's UK, Tim. It's Got always it. short for Manchester. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, more interesting pitch side is the addition of uh, pre precision passing input commands. There are three types: the precision pass, that's R one plus through ball; the precision lob, that's R one plus lob; and the swerved precision pass, that's L two plus R one plus through ball, which hurts my hands thinking about. It's worth pointing out the new controlled sprint, thankfully triggered by a simple input command. You hold R1 on PlayStation. This dribbles the ball at a pace a step slower than a sprint, but fast enough to demand attention from defenders. It's like a halfway sprint, Tim. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. It's like a jog. <laughs> beyond all that, <laughs> beyond all that, though, the FC24 gameplay experience is remarkably similar to FIFA 23's. I'm going to stop the IGN preview there. Of course, go to IGN, read the full preview if you want more from, um, from Wesley Inpool. From there, I'm going to hop into Eurogamer, uh, Chris Tapsell, who writes, Sticking with the menus, this is arguably where FC24 is at its most different to FIFA 23, which sounds odd, but given how truly frustrating FIFA menus could be, is maybe some of the best news from the entire presentation gone are the tiles and lilia mandrino ux designer uh says this re this revamp was all about getting out of the player's way which is welcome there's a new smart start feature uh, that seems to be automatically adaptive in some way and a small switcher menu that acts as a series of shortcuts to certain modes Another major change, uh, women's football players are coming to Ultimate Team, and will be mixed in with men's players. It's a fascinating change. Female footballers will keep their overall and specific attribute ratings, so Sam Kerr of Chelsea, in my time with the game, had the same 91 overall as Kylian Mbappe of PSG, although note, uh, note that these ratings were non-final at the time. Their chemistry will be handled by the fairly obvious move to simply give them a chemistry link if they're next to a player from the same club. Uh, <laughs> like, like this, I love this. I love not knowing anything about this. Oh yeah, and it's like tuning out for a second, coming back in. You're talking about fucking social links and shit. Like this is oh, this fire chemistry, emblem. chemistry. Yeah, it's because they both play for Chelsea. Yeah, but exactly. Sam Care plays but for the next women's to each team. other on the grid. It enhances their attack. Take them to like burger dates and stuff to like up the the charm level. Oh, no, you just take them to the beach. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Riviera explained it like this, quote, 
if you have different players, but they have the same attribute, the same height, and the same weight, they'll behave the same. It doesn't matter if they're if it's men or women, uh, exactly the same. And then from there, there's just differences in player sizes, in player weight, and height. In Riviera's eyes, despite that sounding like typically more uh, like the typically more physically opposing men's players might immediately take precedent in online play, that won't necessarily be the case. Quote: You also want players that are agile. For example, if you're a defender, you still need to be able to jockey. You still need to be need to be able to catch up. So it is really going to widen the pool of players that people will be selecting in their ultimate teams. Tim, how much of that did you catch? <laughs> I mean, I, I, enough. I, I, I contextually can put some things together. Mm -hmm. um, this sounds like it's really getting into the weeds of stuff. Um, some of it sounds kind of cool, but does this... You're the FIFA guy. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be the FC guy? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to play EA Sports FC mainly because it's just FIFA 24, right? Yeah. It sounds From the previews, it sounds like the changes are very minor. Like, I mean, it sounds from this second preview that I read, um, uh, right, coming from Eurogamer, they literally said the biggest change here is the menus. Like, they've changed up the menus so it's easier to navigate. And I love that because I hate tiles. Mm. Games need to stop doing tile menus. You're so, you're so right, like, man. I, you're, I'm so wrong? No, you're right. Oh, right. Okay, thank you. Because yeah. I was about to say, I, it's so confusing. Yeah. Like, what does this tiles make work sense? when there's a touch screen. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. when they should be used. And, like, you just gotta organize your menus better and easier, right? Like, I understand the aesthetic value. I understand how good they look, but make them easy to read. I wanna know, I wanna know how, exactly how to get to kickoff. Yeah. I wanna know exactly UX, how to get baby. to online seasons. Yeah, fix the, uh, fix the UX, which it sounds like they're doing, which I love them for that. Um, I don't play much Ultimate Team. The changes they're talking about as, as, as far as putting women's players into Ultimate Team, playing together with the men's players, I think that's a good change from the way that they're arguing it. I think that sounds welcome. Ultimate, Ultimate Team. In general, right, when you're playing um, um, like with a group of friends, you're making your own player and you're hopping into a team, right? And so being able to represent yourself, if you're, if you're somebody who wants to play as a woman player or you're somebody who's a woman who's trying to make themselves in the game, right? Being able to join a team and not having to create a men's player because all my homies play for this player or whatever, like having to figure that out, I think that stuff sucks. So be able to make a character that represents yourself and then join a team and be able to play co-ed, I think that's cool. And... Like, I think it reflects real life in a way. Like, obviously, like, Premier League doesn't do that. But uh, I've been talking to uh, Mike and Roger about joining a sports league in San Francisco for a while. And one of the things that I'd like to do that I can't convince other people to do would be soccer. And guess what? In the soccer leagues, it's men and women that are playing, right? Like, for me, I view it as that of, oh, I want to be able to <clears throat> join this team that is me and my friends without having to worry about the gender boundaries of it. And sure, like, that's going to affect stats or whatever. But I think they're handling it in a smart way where the women's teams have their own stats, right? Like they are basically the same as the men's stats. And from there you go, you go about it with your physical attributes. And so a player this tall is going to be able to do this easier. A player this small is going to be able to do, have more agility, like go about it that way. And yeah, I think that all makes sense. This all lines up. And if it doesn't work this year for whatever reason, change it next year. Like that's the beauty of beauty of this is that this is the, it's the beauty and the ugliness of it. <laughs> but in this case, the beauty of it is that there's a new game every year. And so if somehow this ruins ultimate team, guess what? EA sports FC 25 is a year away and I'm sure they'll fix it if it's a problem, but I don't think it's a problem. So cool. Good on them. Uh, and yeah, like the, I, this doesn't feel like the show to get into the weeds of the precision passing stuff, because that is all like, all right, we'll see it when we get our, with yeah. our hands on it. But I like that they're making changes. I like that they're trying to figure out ways to make things um, feel better and, and feel more fresh game to game. But yeah, good on them. We'll see how this pans out. Story number five, 
Ubisoft is, isn't planning Assassin's Creed Mirage DLC. This is Tom Ivan at VGC. Ubisoft isn't currently planning to release Assassin's Creed Mirage DLC. That's according to the game's creative director, Stefan Boudin. Quote, for now, Mirage has no plan uh, for DLC or extensive post-launch support, uh, he said during a recent Reddit AMA. Mirage's development is being led by Ubisoft Bordeaux, the studio behind the Wrath of the Druids expansion for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Build as a love letter to the original Assassin's Creed, gameplay is focused on parkour, stealth, and assassinations, marking a return to the action-adventure style of games released prior to more expansive RPG-style series entries, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Uh, based on what we know about Assassin's Creed, uh, and this, this is me now talking, not me reading, based on what we know about Mirage, this makes sense, right? Like, Mirage started off as more of an expansion. Like, Barrett, for you, are, were you already looking forward to some Mirage DLC, or are you upset about this at all? uh no not really uh, hold on let me see if i can bring myself up here does it work uh, hey. Okay. hey there it is. um and so no that's not really like a, a thing that i'm i'm looking for uh in assassin's creed and even uh with games that have like the big dlc expansion stuff like i think both odyssey and valhalla i think were like the biggest ones uh, when it came to that of like these really big expansions um i didn't really touch any of those i kind of dropped off uh like i like playing the game and then I, I kind of fuck off for DLC. So th this isn't something that bums me out. I'm looking for just, you know, just one nice uh, nice AC package. Uh, maybe Greg Miller out there is bummed because I know this is a very different type of Assassin's Creed for him. And I know he likes all the kind of like expansion stuff, especially with characters that he likes. So Yeah. But even with Greg, <clears throat> I feel like he's mentioned before about how big Assassin's Creed is. And how yeah. un like unwieldy big it is. Yeah, like Valhalla, like Odyssey DLC, like Odyssey was pretty big um, and really long, and so like a uh, DLC for Odyssey like wasn't. It felt like a lot on top of that main game, and then Valhalla for sure, which I I really liked. But yeah, Valhalla is huge. It is very long, uh, and then just adding DLC on top of that was just like, nah, man, I'm. I'm good. I'm I'm good, and I will not need to touch another Assassin's Creed until the next main game comes out, which is uh, Mirage. So, yeah. Hell yeah. I want to talk about DLC. I don't. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know if today's the the time maybe a games cast or something but i've been thinking a lot about it with the games that have been coming out um that i've been really enjoying recently mm -hmm. having just beat final fantasy 16 zelda tears of the kingdom easily my two, one and two uh top game of the year so far and wondering will they get dlc and mm -hmm. history has shown that the answer is yes for both of them um i can see how it could happen for both of them but at the same time i don't necessarily expect it for both of them mm -hmm. so i'm starting to wonder do i want it I think the answer is yes. 
I mean, do do you want Zelda t- the DLC? Because like you have so much content left to yeah, play in that and game, that's, and that's a good point. So yeah, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a conversation there where yeah. I'm like, I think I do. I definitely do for Final Fantasy. Um, but there's something there, there's something there. And I also want to uh, while I was thinking about this, I was thinking about we we talk a lot about DLC of like, do we really need more? Is it just more shit to do? Mm-hmm. Does DLC actually bring us back into a game that we loved but haven't played for six months or whatever it is? And I just wanted to shout out Insomniac for Spider-Man uh, putting out. We always give them credit for, man, they're just pumping shit out. We got Spider-Man and Miles Morales and Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. We don't even talk about the DLC, the three pretty big, sizable DLC, story yeah. DLC that had that real sleeps. shit going on, which I know was not everyone's favorite stuff. And I know that a lot of that was actually most people's least favorite parts of the Spider-Man game so far. But there was a sizable amount of real content that they oh, yeah. made that we just don't talk about in addition to all the other shit that they yeah. did. It's pretty I, wild. I'm somebody who DLC for the most part doesn't do it for me. And I, I, I think that's that's multiple things. I think I think the biggest thing with it is that by the time DLC usually comes around, I'm usually done. Like it's so hard to get me back into a game six months after I've beaten it. And I'm I've gone on to the next thing is and it's oh now I got to pick up this thing relearn the controls yeah redo like kind of gear like get those gears turning again it's just for five more hours or whatever I know that's going to speak to a certain amount of people probably a large amount of people like the Horizon DLC I really like the Horizon DLC I also I probably could have lived without that Horizon DLC like I'm glad we got it but it uh, the DLC for me for the most part never gets me back to that peak experience of playing the original product. Right, like I feel like that's that that happens every now and then, but it's more rare than not. Like I, one the DLC that I'll shout out that I think does do a fantastic job of getting me back to that peak level of hype is the Bloodborne DLC. Mm. Uh, the Bloodborne Old Hunters is some of the most interesting content I'd say in that game, and the fact that that was a DLC knocked it out, knocked it out of the park. And I know there's people that would shout out things like maybe even Undead Nightmare and. Um, Oh, I didn't play. I didn't play the Skyrim, uh, uh, like the Elder Scrolls DLC. But I'm sure. I, I feel like I've heard people yeah. talk about that as well. Uh, or Witcher is actually one thing of like Witcher, yeah, and uh, Blood and up. Wine, right? And that stuff, like that stuff, I think does hit when you really put in the work and you really make it worthwhile. Otherwise, for the most part, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's hard to get me back in. I think that's also why I appreciate things like what Sifu does with the challenge levels, uh, or even what um, Hi-Fi Rush is doing with its challenge stuff, where it's hey, this isn't asking you to play through a story arc again. This isn't asking you to like get fully invested. This is giving you more stuff. If you feel like booting up the game again and giving yourself a challenge, that's what this is here for. And I, I appreciate appreciate that stuff. Yeah, um, but I, I think there's room for, for both, I think. <laughs> I think Sifu did it great. But yeah. even then, I would have still preferred more of an actual I feel that. DLC chapter. But Story yep. number six. Remnant 2 developer confirms console versions include 60 FPS performance mode. This is Taylor Lyles at IGN. Remnant 2 developer Gunfire Games confirmed its upcoming project includes a 60 frames per second performance mode on consoles. The news comes from Gunfire Games president David Adams, who took to Twitter to invite fans to ask him a question, and he would pick which ones to answer. Adams decided to answer a few, revealing the option to turn off motion blur, uh, plans for post-launch content, and confirmation that both console versions of Remnant 2 will include a performance mode that will allow players to play the game at 60 FPS. Um, He tweeted, uh, okay, ask me anything about Remnant 2. I will pick one question at random and answer it. If you coordinate and I'll ask the same question, I will be forced to answer. Uh, He then follows up that tweet by saying, okay, so far these are easy. One, yes, you can turn off motion blur. Two, no, no swamp stuff. Sorry. Three, Yes, there is 60 FPS performance mode on console, Xbox Series X, and PS5. It may dip occasionally, but it's overall 
pretty solid. Love that. Yep. I love the honesty. Yeah. Hey, it might <laughs> let's <dip>. be real. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. All right. We're making a, a big old action RPG. All right. It's not going to be stable all the time, but we're going for 60 FPS. We're giving you a performance mode, and I'm here for it. And also, the more I see of Lords of the Fallen, the more excited I get for it. It looks pretty cool, man. Yeah. I like, or no, sorry, I said Lords of the Fallen. This you is did. Remnant too. Yeah. But this both dude, of them. Yeah. yeah, both of them. Uh, Andy, Andy was actually hyping this up to me a couple of weeks ago. Is, is Mike in here? Mike's right there. Mike, you got you you played Remnant with Andy, right? Y'all y'all like that game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You excited Big for Remnant too? Hell yeah! Big thumbs up from from Mike. I just like it. I mean, it's funny you, you brought out that other game because I feel like they're both in the same category to me of like, wow, these are games that I don't know anything about. But, like, they look surprisingly good. And it's like, yeah. I, I, I believe that they're going to come out and kind of, like, nail what they're going for in a way that, you know, a lot of big AAA games do. But then there's a lot of times they, like, don't necessarily hit the mark, especially in terms of performance and all that stuff. But um, I, I'm just, I'm happy we're in this era of games that, like, there could be giant things that look that good that I don't even know about. Yeah, that just fly under your own yeah. radar, right? Whereas I'm sure where Mike and Andy are probably going crazy over it. Yeah, that aren't that aren't different genres. It's not like Dota or like things like that yeah. that are, we know are huge but fly under our radar. It's like these are in genres we care about, but they're just out there doing their damn thing. Doing their damn thing. Speaking of a game that's out there doing its damn thing, story number seven, our final news story, Mortal Kombat 1 is at Comic-Con. This is tweeted out by at Mortal Kombat on Twitter where they said, forward into a new era at hashtag SDCC at San Diego Comic-Con. Join us Friday for a panel you won't want to miss. Uh, and then they have the image here that says, Resetting Mortal Kombat, a new beginning with Mortal Kombat 1. That panel is going down July 21st at 3.15 p.m. Man, I wish I was going to Comic-Con. Because like the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, man, all the cool things happen at San Diego Comic-Con. I miss it every year. <laughs> Not this year. No? No. Well, 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 there's a writer, or, well, there's an actor strike too, Bess. <laughs> yeah, but like Greg Miller's going to be down there doing cool things. And yeah. also Mortal Kombat. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The, the gaming showings at uh, Comic-Con are usually, like, very, very low. Like, um, like they, there's usually not I, as big of a gaming presence. No, there's, there's a lot of activations outside of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this year's different. I mean, this year's different for a multitude of reasons. But yeah. um, I think that this is going to be the biggest thing there out in games. Granted, this is exciting. This is a cool thing. But normally, gaming at uh, Comic-Con, like, back in, like, 20... I don't even remember what the year was, 2012, maybe 2013, mm-hmm. like Resident Evil six, there was like a big ass thing for it. And like, I think that was like the biggest gaming thing. Comic-Con seen in this era. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise Nintendo usually gets like a hotel down the block, but it's not even like at Comic-Con itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sonic's always out there selling chili dogs, you know? That's, yeah. That was the other thing I was going to say. Sonic's out there selling chili dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got someone go. in the chat uh, did mention, like, uh, I think Darth Doobie said they're definitely going to show off the DLC fighters, right? Peacemaker, Homelander. Oh, Man. yeah. That's I mean, a good call. If there's anywhere to do it, it would make sense for Comic-Con. 100%. Yeah. That's exciting. That That's probably a slam dunk. And that's cool. Yeah. Tim, I can't wait for those reveals. But those reveals, Comic-Con, so far away three days from now. Yeah. <laughs> but if I went and was coming out to Mama Grab Shops today... Where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. I was so scared my voice was going to crack on that one, but we did it. We, we did made it. it. We got through it. Out today, we got Toem for Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Awesome. Viewfinder for PS5 and PC. Hell yeah. Tectonica Early Access for PC. My Friendly Neighborhood for PC. Xenonauts 2 Early Access for PC. Ember Knights for PC and Switch. 
Turbo Overkill for PC, UFO Unidentified Falling Objects for PC, Coreborn Nation of the Ultra Core for PC. I feel like having the same word in your title like that twice. Yeah. From Madness with Love for PC, Full Void for PC, Lisa Definitive Edition on everything, Remedium Sentinels on everything, Rotoforce for mobile and PC, and then Space Invaders World Defense for mobile. New days for you. Tiny Thor is available August third on Switch. It's Thor, but tiny. Increment launch it. Do you think Mjolnir's tiny too? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Maybe uh, not. <laughs> regular size Mjolnir, <laughs> tiny Thor. He's just holding he's up still with one. Big it up though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's worthy. <laughs> and then Increment launches September eighth on Steam VR for free. Right now, if you're a video watcher, Barrett has up here Tiny Thor. Wait a minute. This looks awesome. This looks really good. I would play the hell out of this. Me of um, Owl Boy a little bit in a yeah. style. That's oh, big I forgot about Sega Owlboy. Genesis vibes for me. Don't forget about Owlboy, Bless. That's such a good game. Ooh. We saw Mjolnir. Oh, he's yeah. older now. Yeah. yeah. It's but, tiny. It, but it was like the transition wipe. Yeah. This looks kind it looks of like Mjolnir is almost like his dash mechanic. All right, cool. Go get him, Tiny Thor. Yeah, man. Hopefully you get big one day. Deal of the day for you. We got new Xbox Game Pass games coming for the rest of July. Uh, you're going to get Tectonica, Toem, The Cave, Maquette, Figment 2, Creed Valley, The Wandering Village, Serious Sam, Siberian Mayhem. That's all one word. Serious Sam, Siberian Mayhem, uh, Celeste, and then Venba. Tim, mm-hmm. now it's time to squad up uh speaking of tiny thor tiny cam writes in to squad up on nintendo switch this is a squad up update for you what's up y'all what's up what's up all ukfbfs writing in with an update on the nintendo switch online family subscription squad up from a couple of weeks ago we've had several kfbfs join and we're having a blast over here thanks to bless for reading our first squad up and spreading the word if anyone needs nintendo online we still have a couple of spots open so feel free to hit me up at Captain Cam on Twitter. That is uh, at Captain Cam with three M's on Twitter or Instagram if you want to join. Thanks again, everyone. I'll see you out there. Tiny Cam. Cool. If you feel like getting some Nintendo Switch online, getting it on a family subscription, holler at Tiny Cam at yeah. Captain Cam. Now it's time for counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. Where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Listen, I leave for a week. Yes. And there's, there's your wrongs in here from July 14th. What are we doing here? All right. Clean up after yourselves. Yeah, I don't know. Who did that? Y'all are disgusting. It wasn't me. All right. I come back to the apartment. There's shit on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> now I'm just talking about Michael I am. I'm not even talking about y'all anymore. <laughs> uh, Buzzer says Iron Galaxy ported the last of us part one to PC. Got it. Iron Galaxy. Uh, Portland Kev says, Tim Blessing pronounced the, the name Outlaw Coral, <laughs> like the word coral as in the ocean organisms, coral reefs. The word should be pronounced corral, yeah. as in the country style containment. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. We're so stupid. We're dumb. I don't know why, but Greg would have <laughs> caught us on that one. Greg I know. Because he's a weird horse boy. Greg can pronounce everything but <laughs> names. Uh, Michael Costa writes in and says, correction for Bless, uh, you mentioned FIFA Ultimate Team and started talking about the club's features. Uh, HUT is a card-based team management feature that rakes in all the money with the in-game purchases. I could have sworn, uh, no, that's a good call, actually. I could have sworn that there was interaction for, between the two, but I think you're right, yeah. But that still stands, though. Like that's, that, that expands the amount of cards they're going to be, uh, be getting, which probably makes more money for, for EA. But again, we'll see how that goes. I don't think it disrupts things that much, um, at least in a negative way. That's it. For kindoffunny.com of slash it. you're wrong. We did the dang thing, Tim. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's hosts for KFGD are going to be me and the one and only Greg 
Miller. Wow. If you're watching this live, after the KFD post show, the crew is playing some Exo Primal with the one and only Ray. Is it Narvaez? Mm-hmm. Ray Narvaez. What other Ray would it be? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Leona? <laughs> Senior. <laughs> Whoa. What? How are you going to be like, the one and only Ray? Oh, is it the one Ray I'm thinking, <laughs> of? One Ray I'm thinking <laughs> of? Do you know any other Rays? I don't know all the Rays you know. Oh, oh man. Bless you. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. You should be live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. Mike, we can handle this one. Andy slacked me. He was saying that he, he's running late and stuff. I, I can just do the super chats because you're on the stream and then you're on Gamescast. Yeah, he was supposed to be doing this, but he, he hit me up. He's like, hey, I, I fucked up. Can you just handle it? I got it. I got it. Yeah, because you got, got the stream my... and then you're on Gamescast. Oh, no, they're doing the stream. You're not on the stream? Anime. Well, okay, I you have still have this. a lot of stuff. No, I'm fine. You I sure? Doing this. All, right, all right, all right. It's up to you. Um, I'm doing kind of anime today. That's exciting. That's exciting. Um, Bless, I want to tell you something real quick that happened yesterday that made me crack up so hard on the KF podcast. Um, We were talking about acronyms. Uh, I don't remember exactly why, but at some point someone said BTS, Mm -hmm. as in? The the, the K-pop band. I couldn't tell you what it it stands. Wait, no, actually, is it before the something? I don't know. You're you're getting where I'm driving you, but you're also like... What, what does BTS stand for? Not the band. Oh, behind the scenes? Exactly. Okay. So BTS content, yeah. which is behind the scenes content. Okay. Right? But well, we let have me tell com- you how fucked up my brain is, is that I forgot BTS stood for something else besides the K-pop band. So that was the conversation. <laughs> yeah. We're saying the band, the group, uh, has mm-hmm. won. They have taken over Yo, BTS. Yeah. It is now theirs. Yeah. We give it to them, <laughs> and we understand it. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to figure out a new acronym for behind the scenes content, mm-hmm. like behind the scenes. And um, Nick, I think, threw out BDSM. Just like, like, what could that stand for? And without missing a beat, Andy goes, behind the scenes, man. <laughs> it's a good save. It's a good save. It's a great really save. Good. He's quick on his toes. That's really good. Uh, well, let's take you behind the scenes, man, with another fun, kind of funny games, daily post show, super chat section with me, Snowbike Mike, and your two incredible show hosts. Today, we're jumping into the oh. chat to go a little bit deeper in today's news stories or bring up random topics of discussion, like how much fun Bless had at Disneyland. But, of course, you can get involved. You can ask those questions via Super Chats over in the YouTube side of things, or if you're watching over on Twitch, you can hype chat with a brand-new feature, or you can resubscribe at the Tier 1 to 3 level, or for free with Prime Gaming to get your voice heard and help support the team keeping the lights on. Bless, welcome back. We missed you. I missed you, too. Thanks for having me. You looked really nice in all of your outfits. Let's talk about that really quick. Let's talk about it. Of course, we talk about Disney adults. Mm -hmm. And uh, Andy had a big appreciation for yeah. new Disney adults yeah. just last week when he went. Of course, Blessing, you're a young Disney adult. Mm. You got to dress up. How was that? Did that you have fun. fun dressing up? Um, so, <clears throat> uh, some more BTS for you. Hey, real, real quick. Uh, Barrett, Kev, we're hearing oh, voices. Sorry. Just letting you know. Yeah. I'll get it. Uh, <laughs> I just love Kevin busting back in the door. Um, yeah, we were sorry, sorry we were talking about back end stuff. All, all good, all good. I, I want to make sure you knew you were alive. Um, but the reasons why we dressed up for Disneyland was for a bachelorette party. Yes. So it was Belinda's bachelorette. Uh, we decided to surprise her by dressing up um, on day one as her favorite characters because she loves Turning Red. And so we did Four Town from Turning Red, which is the boy band in that movie. Dope. Um, we dressed up as different characters. I was Aaron Z, who's kind of like the laid back, kind of shy one, you know, uh, and did that. That was really fun. And then day two, 
we just did like whatever Disney characters we loved. And so I did uh, Zach Efron's character from High School Musical, Troy, Troy. Bolton. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that, that was really fun. And day two was especially fun because like I got so many people shouting out my Troy Bolton jersey because they don't sell those there, right? Like Disneyland, they don't really rep Disney Channel that much, or at least enough. As much as at least not enough, not enough. Um, and so yeah, that was that was really fun. I had a fantastic time. But yeah, I did Troy Bolton because I absolutely love High School Musical. And then uh, yeah, Aaron Z for Turning Red. I also really dig Turning Red. But that was cool too because we made cards to pass out to people that were like the front had our character and our profile or whatever, and then the back had a a, a QR code that was a Venmo of, of uh, to, that you could send to Belinda to celebrate her bachelorette. Yeah, Alyssa, Alyssa made that. those, and she was very proud of them when they when they came in because yeah, she's very into K-pop, and she was like, "We need to make because in K-pop they make like little essentially almost like trading cards, mm-hmm. Tim, of like all these like." different pictures That's of great. all the different idols and she was like we need to make that before the like fictional k-pop band in turning red so it's perfect yeah great oh, stuff yeah. well i'm glad that you're back we yeah. missed you we're happy you had a good time of course tim and bless let's jump in to some of the super chats because we have some good ones coming in like our first one comedy aaron t writes in comedian aaron t of course says Hey, if you're in the San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con area for any reason, come to the Madhouse Comedy Club any night to hang out. Greg Miller said he might stop by on Thursday. Hmm. Hey, if you're looking for a fun comedy show or some comedy nights down there in San Diego, comedian Aaron T's your guy to see. Madhouse Comedy Club. Joshua D writes in. Tim, I don't know if you remember this. Blessing, you might have missed it. Mm-hmm. Barrett Courtney is the best Mario Kart player of all time. We raced last night, and that statement was the cost of losing. Fuck Big yes. thanks to racing me, Barrett Courtney. I almost had you, but you raced like a real champion. Uh, yeah, so this is an update from Thursday's Games Daily Post Show where someone was like, oh, I can't possibly find anybody who can beat me in Mario Kart. Barrett, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. And we tried to do it that day, but then he was too busy. Uh, but then we he were was going, ducking you. Yeah, he was ducking me. But then we we're going forth, uh, back and forth uh, on social media over the weekend. And so last night on my personal Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash sadboybarrett, uh, we, we linked up. We uh, friended each other on Nintendo Switch, and we just did 1v1 uh, with comms on, normal items, 200cc. Uh, just like a 1-4 uh, race, like a cup or whatever. Grand Prix. And it was... I'm going to... I will give Joshua the respect because that was a fucking close race. That's the closest race I've ever had with someone who's wanted to challenge me. Because you know how it usually goes, Tim. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, Barry, you can't be that good. And then we link up, and I'm like, all right, 200 CC. And they're like, whoa, whoa, what? 200? No, we're going to do 150. I'm like, all right, we're doing child's play then. Joshua was straight up there of like, yeah, we're doing 200. And it was a close fucking call with all mm. four of those races so Damn. i mean check out the vibe found like, some competition yeah. i'm so proud of you i mean he said he almost had you yep. uh, yeah any so given sunday he didn't have his cart yeah <laughs> come on but it did end with the grand prix uh me being at 55 points and him being at 51 so it was it was a close time go check it out uh check that vote out if you want love that uh senor lullaby writes in and says hey bless that thermos looks awesome did you attach a sticker or is that a mug i can buy I don't know if you can buy it. I got it from Summer Game Fest. Um, yeah, the NetherRealm team was there, and they're giving out these water bottles. And so, of course, I had to take one. I had to bring one home. Um, maybe look. It's, I mean, it's an official Mortal Kombat 1 water bottle, so you might be able to find it on their store. But, um, yeah, no, it's not a sticker. It's cool. I love it. CJ writes in and says, Will we get a new Spider-Man trailer for San Diego Comic-Con panel? 
Yeah, probably, right? You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, 100%. Yes. We're getting a new trailer. That's debatable. We'll get new video footage that we will talk about on the games daily at Comic-Con. I guarantee it. Of the video game? Yes. Okay. Because the whole panel is Spider-Man 2. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and like last time when they did um, Avengers as just part of a Marvel games panel, like they showed the entire bridge sequence. They're like, we're going to get some shit for show. CJ. Nope. Matthew writes in and says, thoughts on the new Lupe track, channel number three. I haven't listened yet. Oh, you should listen to it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't want to, do you know anything about it? No, I don't. I don't want to spoil it for for Tim, but I like it a lot. I I, I really dug it. The only thing I don't like is that the visual that he put up on Instagram and stuff is AI. Like, like it's just all AI video. Mm. And like, I, I, I like Lupe for a lot of things, but he can, he can oftentimes be on the wrong side of like the, like technological side of like the internet right where he had like a whole nft thing he was doing for his album the cool and i was like oh why are you doing this like this is kind of whack and then yeah he, he's doing this ai shit to promote the song and i'm like you could have hired an artist to do that same thing it doesn't look like the, the visual doesn't even look good um but the song itself fantastic i love the song okay good to know good to know uh janky writes in and says yo tim now that you finish zelda t-o-t-k a few months have passed since release, and I'm about to beat the story, too. Will you guys be up for a spoiler cast? I keep saying this. I really want to do a spoiler cast for Final Fantasy and for Tears of the Kingdom, but like, I do not know if we're going to or not. There's so many things we have to do, and like, we're just trying our best to keep up right now. Summer Game Fest was hard. Uh, we have not that many people on the team, and so it's hard to get things scheduled and have to wait for the right amount of people to beat it that want to talk about all this stuff. I want to do it. I don't know if we're going to do it. That's where it is now. But I want to do it. So okay. if possible, it will happen. We got to. I feel like that'd be a hit. And if anything, like uh, for Tears, and, and actually for both uh, Tears and Final Fantasy, like there will be the game of the year stuff where we'll definitely mm-hmm. talk about like big highlights and shit. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's the one thing that I, I wish there was more of a solution to. I guess the solution is Spoilercast or whatever, but like our review conversation for a game versus like our updates versus like let's have a meaty conversation about this thing, right? Like there's only so much we can or want to spoil because so many people haven't played through the thing, right? But like, I feel like that's where the real conversations are oh, about yeah, the video dude. game is when you can talk about the plot points freely and what's happened and all and, uh, and all that stuff. And so if we're able to ever have, like if we're able to make a spoiler cast, the conversation for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom happen, I would love to because like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that, that would be an incredible combo. Satwood says, hey, Blessing, thank you. Been in a funk, so I started Inscription and wow. That's a game. That's all yeah. I wanted to do now. Oh, yeah. That game, the more I play it, the more it just rises in my favorite game of all time list. Mm. Um, like, I'm not, re- I'm not revisited that, that list in a while, but I feel like it might be top 15, if not top 10 for me at this point. Um, and yeah, I think it was probably a similar thing for me where I forget if I was in a gaming funk or not, but that game definitely did something for my love of video games. Like, it was a reminder of, oh, shit. Like, you can do really, really cool things with video games and also just make systems that are so addictive uh, like um so engaging i should say right like i can play inscription forever like i played on the plane like on my way to to la and just one run through took me the the whole trip uh, on my fly down uh because i was playing it on my steam deck and uh landed put my steam deck away and the dude, dude sitting next to me was like yo is that a switch like, i've never seen one that looked like that and i'm like no man it's just this new shit it's called a steam this new shit this, this, new, this new shit have you played any inscription any uh, desire not, for that? not enough. Uh, I, I definitely desire, and the more Andy and Bless talk about it, the more I'm like, God mm-hmm. damn, this sounds great. But yeah. 
There's just too much shit, man. And in the same way, let's talk about like inscription got him out of a funk. I, I feel like I wasn't necessarily in a funk, but I, th- something happened in around November of last year where God of War Ragnarok and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and Marvel Snap, all three of those things happening at around the same time. From then on, I've just been gaming, y'all. Mm, like, I, like I, am, I don't think I've ever been this into to video games since I was a little kid. Ooh. And like, it's just been... Ooh. Just constantly, like, so much fun. Every day I'm thinking about the next task that I'm doing in multiple games and stuff. And it hasn't been like this for a very long time. So, shots of video games, man. They're cool. Oh, video games. You see, cool. you see Posty, a.k.a. Post Malone, getting the tattoo playing Marvel Snap at the same time? No. Pretty great. Did, do, do, the, does the, do the streets call him Posty or is the you I call him Posty. Okay. I mean, if we were smoking a doobie together, i call him Posty for sure. Okay. You don't think people have called him Posty? No. I think so. I think you're the first person. I think yeah. so. I think I don't so. think people are calling Let me posty. know, Post Malone, people calling you Posty <laughs> in the streets. Uh, also, another fun one, of course, went to McDuff's for yeah. some nugs up in Tahoe. Hell yeah. McDuff's is great. Little kid in front of me. Those aren't nugs, though. What was he playing? Marvel Snap. Hell yeah, dude. He was snapping it up. I said, go for it, I, kid. I am freaking, I, I know I've talked about Pokemon Go a lot mm-hmm. recently. I'm going to continue to because I am just utterly and hopelessly obsessed with it. Yes. I'm walking so much, you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's crazy. Um, But it's so wild to me how many people are out there playing Pokemon. I keep saying Pokemon Snap. I keep fucking doing Mm. it. Pokemon Go. Where I'll be out there walking and I'm like looking over somebody and you you can just tell. You're like, oh, Mm. you're you're, Dude, you're playing Pokemon. Somebody, I saw somebody playing it, uh, like a parent playing it in the line of roller coasters. <laughs> I, dude, I see people all over and I start to notice. I'm like, wow, they're out there. And you know what's even crazier, though, is other times I'll look at my, like, oh, they're playing Pokemon Go. And I'll kind of get close. I'm like, oh, my God, they're playing Marvel Snap. Like, oh, yeah. There are just so many of us out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's happening. Marvel Snap, man. Congrats to them. They just continue to bring the heat. Mobile. Self correction. Apparently, people do call him Posty. Chad. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Everybody in chat is like, he's Posty. Hey, hey. I didn't know. Post- I'm not a big Post Malone person, so I missed that. You put me and Posty together, we could cook something up. We play uh, some bad, magic, Posty. play some video games, Yeah. get lost. Also, in I forget the if world. I told you this, uh, you guys this, but um, I booted up Marvel Snap recently, like a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. and my progress was all wiped. Like, I don't know what happened, but everything was, was just gone. Um, and, like, it basically took me back to the tutorial of like replay the tutorial. And I'm like, damn, this, this tutorial is long. I don't want to replay it again. Oh. Um, I talked about it when I was on the FPS podcast and I got a couple of replies from people saying, oh yeah, this happened to me too. It just fixed itself or whatever. So I was like, all right, maybe that's a good sign. I ended up just playing through the tutorial. And then once I got through it, it fixed everything. Yeah, I, I had that problem there you go. in the early days as well. Yeah. Uh, Nobshin writes in. Shout out to hey, hey. Oh, me. Bless, what are your current event Evo plans? I, Will you try to attend or maybe just watch some hype matches at home? Hope you are well, my guy. I definitely will be watching Evo probably at home, though. I don't think I'm going to go. I've been doing a lot of traveling recently. Okay. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> I kind of want to stay at home for a little bit. And also, there's just other, other things going on in August. I got a wedding I'm going to. Um, there's things happening in, in September and October, too. I'm just too busy. Uh, and so I want to give my, myself time to uh, rest and hang out. I will be following it. And also, I think my thing, too, is that I kind of want to wait till next year for Evo because, like, this year's going to pop off because there's a new Street Fighter. Next year is going to really pop off because not only are you going to have Street Fighter 6, but you're going to have likely a new Tekken. You're going to have Mortal Kombat 1. If there's any year to go to Evo, it's going to be next year. And so I figure, why not just wait and go next year instead? 
They should send me in, Bless, because we'd be a great tag team duo commentary oh team. It would be unbelievable well, can you imagine? to put us on the microphone. That would be bro. the dream. Blessing, oh, oh my host. God. To oh, host. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Blessing thought, with like, the knowledge, me with the hype, the two of us oh, getting yeah. wild at the table. It would be nuts. Yeah. I would, I would love. I told you this like a. We should I, call some. Jabonis. I told you this like last year. I told you this maybe a few months, uh, like maybe eight months ago. That you know, I think one of my dreams, sometime maybe near future, maybe far future, would be to commentate fighting games. Let's not. I just got to do. I just got to do the education. Well, here's right? what we do. You got we do a little practice mode. We do Evo streams where we stream Evo. Mm. We turn their volume down. You do <laughs> commentary talk, and you do, do practice. Let's do oh. it. Yeah. Oh, hey, I mean, or we, just th- or we just throw a fighting game tournament. What trouble can we get into really? with that? <laughs> we can just do that ourselves. Like, uh, I did notice that you, uh, there was one super chat, I think, that oh. you uh, did skip past. Mr. Matt, Matt Steele. Steel. I'm yeah. about to get to that one right now. Yeah, I was saving that. Uh, Matt Steele says, Snowbike Mike, I'm thinking about going up to Tahoe for a couple of days. Where should I stay and what should I do? Tim, I like to tell everybody, and Blessing got that trip as well. Mm-hmm. If you go to Tahoe in the summertime and you have the means, you have the funds, you got to get on the lake. You have to rent a boat. You got to jump on a jet ski because it is truly a once in a lifetime experience. I've never jet skied. Oh, do you know what? Jet skiing, fun. It's not my favorite. Yeah. A lot of leg work there because, you you know, you're battling mm-hmm. it. But it's cool. Yeah. It's pretty wicked. On the boat on that lake that yeah. is so blue and clear in the summertime. Oh. I would, I, I would do it for the photo op. <laughs> for the photo op? Yeah, yeah. He was working his Instagram. Working like, somebody busts out my phone, like, take a picture real quick. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, did you see I tried to wakeboard? Try to tease myself yeah, on yeah, a wakeboard. Yeah. yeah, almost drowned a couple times. Yeah, Pretty hey, dope. Pretty know, dope. Why do we fall? Get back up. <laughs> Get back up. Just suck up a bunch of water. Try to spit yeah. it out. Uh, where should you stay? Don't stay at the casinos if possible. Look around at some of more of the boutique hotels. You can't really go wrong. There's a lot of nice, cheap, easy hotels. But I do recommend people stay away from the casinos. They're just kind of getting old. Um, they're not as nice as it once was. Growing up when uh, we would do our, like, the fanciest family mm. vacation. Oh, yeah, I love that. We would go to Tahoe, and yep. uh, we would stay at what used to be called the Friendship Inn. Oh, okay. And then it got renamed the Forest Inn, which I think okay. is still that to this uh-huh, day. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Marriott Forest Inn, maybe is right at the bottom? These days? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is at the bottom. Well, it wasn't Marriott yep. back then, I don't think. Yeah, it's yeah. now the Marriott. Huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was like a shitty little Friendship Inn. Thing. I love yeah. that. I love yeah, that. It was the Friendship Inn. Yeah. Me and Greg. Yeah, have fun up there. You can't go wrong. Anywhere you go, go onto the beach, take a small hike. But if you get the opportunity, you got to go on the lake and have a good time. Get a tube and or a wakeboard and just absolutely send it. Fuck Plug yeah. your nose so water doesn't go up it like mine. Mike, can I ask you a question? Yeah, Tim, I love questions. Can you give me a like breakdown of your perspective of this morning at Starbucks? Oh, yeah. I woke up late this morning. I've been kind of tired and I stayed up uh, a little late. Watching One Piece. Okay. And I rolled out of bed, and I was like, man, I got to go get Starbucks. And so I go, and I pull in, and I'm like, what's going on, Mike? What are you doing? And I'm like half awake, and I see this guy walking towards the door. And I'm like, oh, shit. I think I know that guy. And he's wearing his kind of funny crew T-shirt right there, and it's fucking Tim. And I go, oh, shit. What is Tim doing? Because at first I was like, why are you coming to this Starbucks? You know what I mean? I didn't... I'm so early with Roger that I never see your morning routine. I know you walk in with Starbucks like me, but I didn't know you go to that Starbucks. Oh, yeah. So now I see Tim. I'm like, oh, shit. It's like seeing your boss. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. I, I mean, got to see this guy at 9.15 in the morning. <laughs> I better wake up. Better say something. And now it's like that weird moment of like, 
hey, I'm a good boy, Tim. Like, what up? I'm awake. But also, like, fuck, I should probably be at work by now, you know? Why was that the weirdest conversation that <laughs> weirdest. We, either of us have so ever weird. had? We both turned into fucking weirdos, yeah, man. Yeah, it was, like, I keep talking. I hugged you. Why <laughs> yeah. did I hug you? <laughs> me and Blessing just had the smoothest dap ever. You think me and Tim just dap? Hey, what up? I'll see you in a little yeah. bit. That's cool. That's cool. No, it was not like that. It was so fucking That's weird. So and, like, I love it. I was so, I don't know if you heard me talking about this earlier, Mike, but like, uh, we did the thing of like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. It's like, we're going to work, obviously. Exactly. And like, why'd you ask me why I'm there? I get Starbucks every day. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a very weird. And then like, I thought you would have cool Greg or something. You were all normally, by yourself. Normally I do. And then I walk out to my car and like, somehow you had gotten your stuff before me, but barely left after me. And I was like, did he just sit in his car for like three minutes? Like what's going on here? Pokemon Go. Yeah, it was <laughs> Pokemon Go. Pokemon, I had to be yeah, in a weird front. Run. And then I pull up behind Tim. We take the left out of Starbucks, and now we go down the road. There was this moment, Tim. I don't know if you noticed. I'm reading in front of you, right? The green light turns red, yeah. and I'm like, okay, he's gonna sit in the turning lane. And I softly pull up behind you, but mm -hmm. I know this was about to turn green. And I was like, fuck I that. I saw you, dude. Uh huh. And then you I fucking followed the Batmobile. Did yeah. you see that oh, kid's I car? Did. I did. Whoo, bless this kid is riding in a truly fast and furious car right now. It is Hell purple. Yeah. It's got all these different edges to it. And you're like, why do you need that? You know what I mean? But it's why awesome do you need looking. That? But yeah, that was our morning today. And of course, this has been. Another kind of funny games daily super chat post show. We have a really fun afternoon planned for all of you. Of course, a lot of content coming your way mm -hmm. today. Ray Narvaez Jr. will team up with Andy and Nick for a fun XO Primal stream. Of course, XO Primal, a brand new game out right now. We thought we'd team up with Ray and have some fun on that. And then later on, of course, me and Barrett are shooting some of the kind of anime episode that you'll see eventually. We got kind of funny games or kind of funny games cast coming up soon enough. I'm pretty excited about the day. It's going to be great. So it's going to be a full lot of fun. day, of course. And so a lot of awesome stuff coming away. Keep an eye out for all of the content. Don't forget to keep it locked here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. And of course, youtube.com slash kind of funny games for games daily each and every weekday and all of the fun gameplay streams. Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, we're back to the two stream move now. So that means you got to jump in to a brand new link. You can go hang out with us, play an Exo Primal with Ray and the team. Until then, we'll see y'all tomorrow, gamers. Goodbye.